The Tampa Bay Lightning look to get back to the Stanley Cup final. The St. Louis Blues are relying on Jordan Bennington to get back to contention. And the Anaheim Ducks want more consistency from Trevor Zegras. We've got all those stories and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Gil Martin, so glad that you could be with us today. And joining me now, the host of Locked On Lightning, Adam Danker. And Adam, it's been a while since I've had you on the show. We last saw you and we last saw your team on the ice. Yeah, it's been it's been pretty long time since I've been here, which is very uncharacteristic of me considering, you know, I feel like it seemed like almost every week I was on this show, uh, but glad to be back and glad to be talking about the beginning of the regular season. Uh, it seems like as much as we were all dying for something to happen in the middle of July, uh, at least, you know, now we're here only about 40 days out from the opening season. So I'm excited, probably as excited as everybody else is. Yeah, looking forward to it. training camp is what about a week, week and a half away for the bolts yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's going to be exciting, exciting to see a lot of the guys back on the ice. I mean, we've already been exposed to a lot of the guys doing you know now with social media. It doesn't seem like as as crazy as a thing to see these guys on the ice. You know, and training camp's not that big of a deal nowadays. But now that training camp is here, or at least on the doorstep. Now that we know the end in sight is near for the NHL offseason. Yeah, and that's always good news. So if you could describe Tampa Bay's offseason in a couple of words, what would they be? I would say probably, you know, uh, we're, we're, we've gotten pretty lucky over the last couple of seasons, whether, you know, just transactions in general, whether it be at the trade deadline or in the offseason. We've, we've seen Julian Brees-Boss really make some magical moves where you, you got to kind of scratch your head at some points and say, how is this guy not one GM of the year yet? Uh, you know, he probably would have won it if it wasn't for Joe Sackick this year and his Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup final. Uh, but, you know, this offseason, we didn't really see much of anything. We just saw a little bit of retooling. And, and that's really all you could really expect out of this team with the salary cap constrictions, uh, with all their stars and all the guys that they need to get locked up long term being locked up long term. So having guys like Ian Cole on the team and, and Vladislav Nemestikov, who Lightning fans should know that name because he was with the Lightning at one point in his career. Uh, it, this was just a retooling. Uh, this was just trying to get out of the red in terms of the cap space and, and, and just trying to add some more of that depth that we saw the Lightning actually for a change not have during the playoffs. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how all those pieces come together in the coming weeks. But uh, that's what the, the great thing is about hockey. What is your biggest concern about this team heading into now? I mean, like I said, you're going for a fourth straight trip to the Stanley Cup final this year. What worries you the most entering training camp? My, I would have to say my biggest worry is probably for, you know, we see the names on the roster. Uh, you know, we, we know what we're going to get out of the Stamkos. We know we're going to get out of Point, Kucherov, Hedman. 
Sorelli, Paul, uh, Corey Perry, Maroon, you know, the guys have been on this team for a while now. It, the the Hagels, the Nemestikovs, uh, and, and some of the newer guys on the defensive end, uh, like Cal Foote, who was a rookie last season, uh, and Ian Cole as well. It's going to be interesting, and, and I wouldn't say a little bit nerve-wracking, but it's going to be more so interesting to see what kind of production are we going to get out of these guys, especially guys like Cal Foote, who right now, if, if, if we're going to believe anything that um, – that that daily faceoff says right now is that he is projected to be on that first line with Victor Hedman. And that is a huge responsibility for a second year defenseman who is still very much getting his feet wet. And, and I spoke about that a little bit on my show is that I think the talent is there with Cal foot. I just don't think the time is right. Then again, I don't think that John Cooper really has much of a choice because if you look at the other defense on this team, yeah, we could throw Eric Chernak up up there on the first line but then now you're talking about a second line pairing with foot and Sergachev where let's make no mistake Mikhail Sergachev has had a fantastic career thus far through uh his you know very very young career brief stint in the NHL but the fact of the matter remains is that he did not play well last season especially in the playoffs so we're going to be interesting to see if there's going to be any hangover from that performance uh carrying over into the regular season for Mr. Sergachev. How much do you think this team will miss Ryan McDonough, both on the ice and in the locker room? I, I think, and I always talk about this on my show and why I never had an issue with bringing guys like Corey Perry, even if Corey Perry last offseason, coming into that season, if, if he wasn't going to be the Corey Perry that we actually got uh, last season, you know, there was still that veteran leadership, you know, you, you can't put a dollar figure on a Stanley cup and, and two gold medals and, and a Richard trophy and, and an MVP. So, you know, guy bringing guys in like that, uh, you know, it's really valuable to have those guys. So especially when you lose them, especially a guy like McDonough, who's been with this team for a very long time, who is the defenseman, because yes, it's one thing to lose a guy uh, on the lines, on the forward lines, but it's another to lose that veteran leadership on the defensive pair when it kind of things kind of unravel on those those uh, those fast breaks down the other side of the ice. You, you know, it really helps to have a guy like McDonough. So I think it's going to hurt them here and there in certain situations and, and in the locker room. But I think that there's enough guys here that have been around uh, long enough uh, to fill that role. Uh, guys that even haven't been here that long that are ready to fill that lo- role. Uh, that McDonough had, just like uh, Ross Colton, who, by the way, uh, we're recording this on his birthday. So happy birthday to Ross the boss. And so a guy like that, I think, is ready to to move into that leadership role. And I think that's what upper management felt, you know, whether it be Ross Colton or somebody else, a guy maybe like Ian Cole, who has won championships with other franchises before. So, you know, I, I think kind of Losing McDonough, that was a situation that I felt like we all knew it was going to happen at some point down the road. Uh, he's going to a very nice organization in Nashville, a very nice city. So, you know, I don't think he's really going to be that upset about it. Uh, I'm sure he's going to be upset, you know, away from his 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 teammates. He, or he's called brothers for the last uh, decade or so. But, uh, yeah, it, it's going to it's going to there's going to be situations, especially in the defensive core, where uh, you're going to wish or you're going to say, yeah, Ryan McDonough probably would have done something very well on this moment here. But um, I, I think they're, the time is right uh, and, and the lightning are, have, are definitely uh, in a good position to fill that role of leadership. 
one last question real quick. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you know, three straight trips to the Stanley Cup final. That's almost another season's worth of games. How concerned are you about the cumulative effect of fatigue on this team? Yeah, you know, that's that's a good question. That was a question that I was pondering all last season and going into the playoffs. And, and uh, I think a question that you and I pondered together at certain points during that playoff run, especially at that Toronto series. And, and the answer is, is that, you know, hockey players are the toughest guys on earth. Uh, and, and really, you know, hockey isn't the kind of sport where it's like the NBA where you could give guys nights off. It's a, it's a 82 game sprint. And then the playoffs are just as more intense and yeah, you know, ideally, and I spoke about this during the playoffs and going into the playoffs, especially in that last month, uh, ideally, you would have liked to have seen Vasilevsky get a little bit more time off his feet, just allowed, you know, because listen, like you said, we've, the Lightning have played a ton of games over the last couple of years. Uh, so yeah, that's an entire other season. And, you know, and you saw it, uh, throughout points with not only Vasilevsky, but also with this team, especially through the Stanley Cup final. Uh, it wasn't just the fact that the Avalanche were just the better team. It was that this Lightning team was gassed at certain points in those games. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting how Cooper, I because I think Cooper and co. are going to look at that and realize we're going to have to maybe change things up this year. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you see guys a little bit more up uh, frequently from, from Syracuse. That was something we didn't see that much of. Uh, last couple of years prior, we did see that with a lot of guys coming up and down from Syracuse guys. And, and that really helps guys in the long term, especially when the playoffs roll around, if you have injuries, cause then, you know, it's not a big deal. They could just hop into those roles. So yeah, I think we're going to see a little bit shuffling here and there, uh, throughout the season, just to give certain guys off, uh, the nights off. I'm not talking about Kucherov or, or point or the big names like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Vasilevsky plays, you know, not that many games this season. Uh, unless, you know, the Lightning really need him to, to play more games in order, if they're on the fringe of making a playoff, uh, taking a playoff spot or not. All right, Adam, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Uh, you can find the podcast wherever audio podcasts are uh, distributed. So Spotify, uh, Google Play, iTunes, wherever they are, wherever wherever you could find those, we're there. Uh, we're also on YouTube. Uh, this week, we'll be talking about the Atlantic Division, how the Lightning stack up against some of these teams that are up on the up and up, like we spoke about it before we hit record. Buffalo is going to be competitive. Ottawa is going to be scary. Detroit might be a little bit scary. So we'll have to wait and see. But we're going to talk about it. Uh, before the season starts and then you could find us on our social media pages at lo underscore lightning on twitter as well as locked on underscore lightning on instagram you can find me finally at danky dank on twitter at d-e-n-k-y-d-8-n-k love to hear from all of you and yeah like and subscribe to the pod and really excited for the season to start uh because you know quite frankly we're kind of running out of things to talk about at this point (laughs) (laughs) we're all looking forward to the season started starting adam thank you so much for joining us today as as always gil thanks for having me today's episode is brought to you by our friends at athletic greens our next partner has a product i literally use every day i started taking ag1 because i'm not a big pill taker and I hate taking so many pills to, to get my vitamins and my nutrition. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All these things. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And look, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Anaheim Ducks, Jason Hernandez. And Jason, you know, Anaheim, a young team, a lot of uh, talented young players. How far away do you think this team is from taking that next step and reaching the playoffs? I think they're almost there. If if they are there this season, it will be because of some of the signings they've had and also the forward progress that the young guys have made. I mean, I'm just going to get this out of the way. Hashtag let the kids play. If they can all play a full 82 games, if Zegris doesn't get benched, which I think I think we're done with that now. I think Zegris will play all 82, I hope. I think JD, Jimmy Dryzill will play all 82. I think Mason McTavish will make the team. I mean, he's had a tremendous season, which is the reason why I've actually had off-season content this year. Thank you, Mason McTavish, for giving me content. I mean, just to briefly, briefly talk about McTavish for a hot second, if I if I can, really quickly. Absolutely. McTavish began the season with the Anaheim Ducks. He made it out of training camp. Then McTavish got injured, lower leg injury. Then he had a three-game stint in San Diego playing for the goals, scored in San Diego, then came back to Anaheim, played a few games in Anaheim, got up to nine games. Then he was like, oh, I want to play some more. But the Ducks said, no, nine games is fine because we can't have you play more than nine games. So he goes back to juniors, plays in Peterborough. Peterborough says, oh, we're going to trade you. So after five games in Peterborough, he gets traded to the Hamilton Bulldogs. Then after spending some time in Hamilton, they're like, oh, uh, we like you a lot. We're going to send you off to World Juniors. Okay, so he starts off on World Juniors. He plays two games. That gets canceled. Ah, So he goes back. Then he gets suspended. Then he gets traded to Hamilton. Plays some more games in Hamilton. Oh, wait. No, we're going to send him off to the Olympics because we're not going to send NHL players to the Olympics. So he goes off to the Olympics in China. Scores, you know, at least he scores a point in the Olympics. They lose. So he goes back to Canada. Finishes the season in Hamilton, makes the playoffs. They go faux, faux, faux the first three rounds of the playoffs, then have a riveting seven-game series to win the OHL championship. He raises that cup, goes to the Memorial Cup, makes it to the championship game of the Memorial Cup. 
only to lose in the final. Oh, but we're not done yet. You know what else he did, Gil? He won freaking gold in the actual World Junior Championships on that stellar save save the goal with his stick in overtime that directly led to the game-winning goal. <sighs> and he racked up some frequent flyer miles along the way, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Did, did, did I cover everything? I, I think I did. I think you did, and, <laughs> and I think that's a good thing. I, I hope you caught your breath. Um, yeah. One big addition this offseason to add a little veteran presence, Ryan Strom, your thoughts on that mm-hmm. addition? You know, I like the contract, first off. I think Ryan Strom getting... A pretty decent deal. I mean, five years, five million per season. I like Ryan Strom's game a lot. I think he will fit in very nicely as a second line center. And he could do some damage with possibly McTavish on a wing if McTavish does not play center. Or even guys like, and I know you're not a big fan of his because he was a New Jersey guy. But I wouldn't mind seeing at some point Adam Henrique pair up with Ryan Strom. They've both got some veteran savvy. They both can put the puck in the net. And honestly, that could go well. Or you could put maybe another former teammate, or I guess now teammate of his, Frank Vitrano. You could pair him up there as well. I mean, there are so many different ways you could mix and match this top six for the Ducks that I honestly don't know what the lines are ultimately going to be. It could be Henrik Zegras and Troy Terry. As a first line, that would be amazing. You could put Frank on that second line. You could put Max Comtois on that second line, and he could succeed there. Or maybe Jakob Silverberg. He's going to come back this season at some point. Put him in there as well. So there's a lot of different combinations the Ducks could make, and it's got to be exciting because there's some young talent on there. And McTavish being a second or third line center, I think he could really flourish. But Strom being in that second line, he's going to provide at least some decent scoring for the Ducks, something that they've sorely needed over the past few seasons. Two years ago, the Ducks were among the bottom feeders as far as scoring is concerned. Two seasons ago, the Ducks were historically bad in the power play. Their power play was the worst in NHL history. History. We're talking 100 plus years. If if Strom can get 20 goals this season, I'd take that in a heartbeat. If he can provide 50, 60 points for the Ducks, I'd take that in a heartbeat. That is the kind of player that can at least be a very good contributor and not all the pressure has to be on him because the Ducks already have a Trevor Zegras. They already have a Troy Terry. Strom doesn't have to be the guy, but he can be the third or fourth guy and contribute just fine. If you have a third or fourth guy that can score 20, 25 goals and provide 60 points, you'd take that. Absolutely. You know, we opened up, you mentioned Trevor Zegras, hoping he would play 82 games. What is the key for him to to not get benched and to reach that milestone other than staying healthy, obviously? Other than staying healthy, I think it's going to be for Zegras, it's going to be maybe just continue being aggressive, maybe even be more aggressive. There were times last season, maybe early last season, where he would have what looked like a pretty open shot and choose to pass it off because Trevor Zegers in college, he was kind of a pass-first kind of guy. This goes back to his days in Boston Boston as a Terrier, 
where there were moments where you would think, oh, why, why did he pass that off? He had a goal shot right there, but he passed it off. Ultimately, he'd get an assist on those plays, but that's where he was a big-time playmaker. Last season, 38 assists. So I think the key for him is he's just got to be a little bit more aggressive and put more pucks on the net instead of always looking for the perfect pass. That's not to say he's not a great playmaker. He's a terrific playmaker. But I would like to see him try to get 30 to 35 goals this season. And I think he can do it, especially with those filthy mitts of his. He can. Well, he certainly can make some highlight real plays. We've seen that. Hopefully the consistency follows. Jason, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? They can find the podcast. It's called Locked on Anaheim Ducks, which can be found anywhere you get your podcasts and also on YouTube. And my Twitter is at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. And one more thing I want to point out over the weekend, happy birthday, Troy Terry. I think Troy Terry, you ready for this? I think he can get 40 goals this season. I think he can. So to the rest of the NHL, watch out for Troy Terry. He is a star right now. Write it down. You heard it here first on Lockdown on HL. Jason Hernandez, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks a lot, Gil. And welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could be with us today. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Blues, Josh Hyman. And Josh, are you ready for training camp? I am. I am. I've been itching for hockey to get back. You know, football's coming back. It's getting me into the, you know, the the fall sports mood. I'm I'm really excited. Uh a lot has changed for the Blues in in somewhat minor ways, but it's a it's a big season coming up. It is, and and what you know what has been the biggest change in your mind for the Blues this offseason? Uh, Jordan Bennington has lost his safety net. Uh, ever since you know he's come up and joined the team, he's been blessed with a really solid backup, and we saw this last year with Billy Huso essentially becoming the starter down the stretch for the St. Louis Blues before Bennington took over again. Uh, in the playoffs and played his best hockey since the Stanley Cup run that they had in 2019. Uh, but this upcoming season, he he has Thomas Grice, who um, as much as he is a solid goaltender, he's getting up there in age, and he struggled last year with Detroit. Uh, so it's definitely going to be a, a true starter backup situation in St. Louis for the first time in Jordan Bennington's career. And, you know, he faltered last season in that in that area, but he does not have the ability to struggle again because if he does, I don't think the Blues are making the playoffs. But I think he's ready for the challenge. I'm ready for the challenge. I'm really excited to see what happens. If everything goes according to plan, how many games do you think Bennington starts this year? I think he gets a good chunk. I think he would start about two-thirds of the games in an ideal world, you know. Um, can't do the math off the top of my head, but I'm how thinking like – like, yeah, yeah, I think so, um, because I think you know he's gonna have to be that guy for the St. Louis Blues, and he was when he got called up uh, back in 2019. He started pretty much; he had a starting caliber load um, after that. He started every game in the playoffs. Uh, you know, we all know how that ended. So I know he's capable of it. It's just a matter of confidence with him, and if he gets on a roll, I think this team could do some scary things. 
Two big contract extensions signed in early July. Robert Thomas, an eight-year extension. Nick Letty, a four-year deal. Your thoughts on those two contracts? Were they good moves? Uh, a little too long in the term on, on the Thomas deal? What are your thoughts? I mean, you could argue that the Thomas deal is a little too long, but you were never going to sign him to... I don't think that, but I think it's an argument. I, you're never going to sign him to less than that. You know, he's a he's an up-and-coming star center in the league. It's par for the course. You know, you pay your young... You give your young guys an eight-year deal. There have been... Probably count on one hand the times that that hasn't happened. You know, so it's kind of just a precedent. It's going to happen. And also, he's a great player. He's a center, which is probably the most valuable position on the team. You know, you, you play in tons of minutes. He plays on the penalty kill sometimes. He plays on the power play sometimes. He plays great at 5v5. He is next up. He will be the next face of the St. Louis Blues in the eyes of the front office. They have said that themselves. Uh, I love that contract. I think he is such an exciting player to watch. And the sky is the limit for him in terms of his potential. Um, Nick Letty, on the other hand, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan of it. Obviously, I think the Blues kind of had no choice. I think he is good enough to give them an above-average, solid top-four defense. But it it's a little frightening having Justin Falk, Colton Pareko, um, Nick Letty, and Tori Krug all locked up long-term because it's like if that top-four isn't good enough, you're kind of handcuffed in the sense that you got you know all those guys on long-term contracts. Realistically, you could probably only trade one if you needed to. So the Blues are really betting on the future with that defensive core. Nick Letty had his ups and downs with St. Louis. I don't think he's as bad as a lot of people think he is, but he's certainly not that number-one defenseman that everyone wanted the Blues to go out and get this offseason, and that was not the most realistic path, but it's definitely a disappointment. I think Nick Letty's going to be fine. I don't think that's a contract that's going to cripple the team, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm neutral on that one. Okay, fair, fair enough. Your biggest concern heading into training camp for this team? Hmm, biggest concern. Um, I think my biggest concern is the the lack of sustainability of the goal scoring that the blues had last year they had 920 goal scorers um and that sort of eased the 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 lack of success from Jordan Bennington uh and the defense also got out to a really rough start um i personally think that the offense will be just as good um and the defense will be better and Bennington will be better however if the offense gets out to a slow start because i think i don't think scoring is gonna be quite as high as it was last year it was astronomical and i think it's gonna come back down a little bit i still think it's going to be higher but 920 goal scorers is is a huge feat that is a entire top nine forwards of 20 goal scorers that doesn't happen a lot so if the blues can't get wins like six to five like they did at the beginning of the year last year it's gonna it's gonna have a ripple effect it's gonna affect jordan bennington's confidence it's gonna affect the defense's chemistry um, so I hope that in my mind, when they inevitably don't score quite as much as they did last year at the beginning of the year, that the defense and the goaltending can sort of step up to the plate and, and accept that challenge. I know the blues have been contenders for a number of years now. They're more of an established team on the scale of rebuild, established contender, all of that. But are there some young players that you have your eye on in training camp that fans should be aware of? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if you've listened to any episodes of Locked On Blues, you've heard the name Jake Neighbors come up probably every episode this offseason. Um, he's a guy that the Blues drafted in the first round a couple of years back. Um, had the pleasure of having him on the show like a few days after he was drafted. And right from there, I could tell he was a very high character person, not even just hockey aside. He just was one of the 
most genuine interviews I've ever given. And I could tell right there, he's just a good guy, a good person. And like, that's the, something the blues really value. Um, not only that, you know, he goes out and he captains his team to a WHL championship this past off season, you know, wearing the C at a young age like that. That's a huge honor for him. The guys on the team love him. If you see him on social media, he's always hanging out with some of the younger guys on the team. Um, he's pretty much an honorary member of the team by just by who he hangs out with and stuff like that. The guys love him. The front office speaks so highly of him. I would be shocked if he didn't have a spot day one. And I think training camp is going to prove that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing him play a lot. I think he could be a sneaky Calder pick for the St. Louis Blues. All right. You heard it here first from Josh Hyman. Josh, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Absolutely. So podcast is Locked On Blues. It goes by that on any social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, even TikTok, regrettably. Uh, YouTube, Locked On Blues, getting close to 500 subscribers. Kind of cool. So if you're not subscribed there, please do. Getting getting close to a big milestone. Want to do something special for that. And in terms of my Twitter, it's Josh Hyman NHL. Hyman, H-Y-M-A-N. Follow me on Twitter. I post about the blues and some other fun stuff. Oh, looking forward to seeing you there. All right, Josh, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. All right, want to thank my guest today. I want to thank Adam Danker of Locked On Lightning, Josh Hyman of Locked On Blues, and of course, Jason Hernandez of Locked On Ducks. I am Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday to host the Locked On NHL podcast, and every Friday I co-host along with Rachel Donner. Join us every Monday through Friday every day for more great national NHL content. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.